have you recovered from last night? Or maybe I'll save that question. Uh, no. As that was some rough stuff. Uh, I don't have a ton of notes um, because I think anyone who watched it, I think it just, it just speaks for itself. A show. You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Good morning, Matthew. Mike, where's your morning enthusiasm you normally have? <laughs> I could ask you the same question. Um, I have coffee to cure the hangover from the way my week has gone. <laughs> and I'm off the, to uh, there may be a full day of binge drinking involved. I think uh, Andy Dalton would say much the same thing, as would Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> uh, can we just say that the uh, the whole... Dallas team has a hangover that they need to cure like now. Yeah, I think we could accurately say that. Uh, but anyway, welcome to 2M Football. What's up, 2M Nation? <laughs> hope uh, hope you guys out there had better weeks than we did, at least in terms of uh, football and <laughs> fantasy football. Well, I managed to pull an upset. I've come from behind victory. You sure did. That uh, neither one of us knew about. But first, before we get into that, Mike, how would you sum up week six? Week six, I can't uh, I can't do it in one word. There were blowouts all over the place. We saw backup quarterbacks entering games because games weren't close. Uh, we saw a lot of stuff. How about you? I feel like your one your one word reactions usually need to be bleeped out. <laughs> <laughs> Only once. Um, it was a <laughs> show. <laughs> Didn't you say that last week? Anyway, no, I, I agree with you. Last week. Okay, there is a subtle but important difference between those two. Um, mainly <laughs> this was just from my perspective and the way I dealt with everything. But there, was, I did have a gleam of hope. One gleam of hope amongst the crap. What was that? The Broncos beat the Patriots. Hey, that's a big win. Um, so your Chargers could suck it. <laughs> oh, they are. <laughs> they have been. Um, I had one one glimmer of hope too that had nothing to do with any of my prove it uh, or you know my my teams or prove it players. But you got uh, facial reconstruction <laughs> again. No, uh, did you see in the in the Dolphins game when this was another one of those aforementioned games where they were up twenty four to nothing over the Jets late. And they actually brought in their number two or number two overall pick. I forget. I should know this. Tua, uh, and I will still not attempt to say his last name. And you just saw this awesome yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Everyone knows what you mean by that. So yeah. it works. And you just saw on the sideline, Ryan Fitzpatrick just trying to pump up the crowd and just so excited for the, the young guy to, to get his first uh, NFL snaps. I thought that was a cool moment. Well, when you're 100 years old and played on 20 different teams, yeah, you'd be excited, too, to not have to be out there and take a beating. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a very eventful week six once again. Uh, let's jump into our recap. I'm uh, not the first jumping segment. right now. The I'm not jumping. <laughs> Maybe if Michael Gallup could jump, then uh, there would have been a different result last night. I, if he could hold on to the football when it's in his mitts, I think there would have been a different result. But That's true. That was more the issue, yeah. <laughs> the man got hops. The man don't got catch. <laughs> He's got bricks for hands. 
Um, but yeah, let's jump into week six recap. Sorry, I said it again. Let's slowly meander into the week six recap. How about that? I like that speed. <laughs> uh, no COVID update this week. Every game was played as scheduled or rescheduled. So we can skip that painful section. Um, less painful was our pigskin pickums. We both had a pretty good, pretty good week this time. Uh, both went, we both got 10 wins out of the, I believe, I think it was 14 games that were played. So not too bad, all things considered. And then in terms of Eliminator, we both won with Miami. That's felt a little bit risky making that pick, but at halftime, they're up like 21 0. It felt pretty good. Felt pretty good. Felt pretty safe at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as you mentioned, that takes us into our upsets of the week. The biggest one, being the Broncos, uh, beating the New England Patriots. Not just any Broncos. Matt's Broncos. That's right. Uh, the return of Locke. Yeah. Was not the most star-studded return, I will admit. Um, two <laughs> INTs, a fumble, sacked a few times, and five rushing attempts for negative one yard. <laughs> Only went 10 for 24, but Locke was back, and the offense felt different. Despite and the there's only... There's only one stat that matters at the end of the game. And that's the W. Yep. Which um, they did achieve. By, they were uh, I didn't... to at least get into field goal range consistently, which means they were moving the ball. But remember, they're also tending Locke's shoulder. The last thing they need is Locke to come in, slinging, going for everything, taking hard hits, and then we're back to square one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and even though Locke was back, they were still missing a couple other guys. I think Noah Fant still didn't play the, with that ankle injury he's been nursing. And then Melvin Gordon was out due to illness, not COVID, <laughs> regular illness. Um, but yeah, they still moved the ball against this tough Patriots defense. They kicked six field goals, and that was all they needed. <laughs> um, so I'm I, I'm happy. The defense looked great. The defense, it feels like this was the week of defenses. For some of these yeah. upsets, like yeah, Chicago's defense led the way, Denver's defense led the way, um, and just was all over that New England offensive line. I mean, mm-hmm. four sacks, a forced fumble that was recovered, and two picks, you're going to win. You're going to at least keep yourself in the possibility to win when you have games with those type of defensive stats. Offenses put you in the games, the defenses have to keep you in. Right, and that was all against Cam Newton, who was back in this game, too. So, so impressive. I'm happy. I'm happy. I think it's a little bit early to get all hyped up on Denver, but Locke is back. Locke looked okay. I feel like it's just a matter of getting him back in the rhythm. Yeah. And as long as that defense stays playing, I mean, the Broncos just got dangerous again. Yeah. So and I have a little bit next... of hope in, uh, <laughs> in my Broncos. More hope than my Chargers seem to have at the moment, but I definitely I agree with you. This is a big win. Sleeping. They were on a bye this. They're they're coming up on a bye this week. Yeah, hopefully they rest it up uh, because they'll be back in action this week. But uh, yeah, one other notable upset. Well, maybe notable is the wrong word because neither of these teams is going anywhere this year. But the Falcons <laughs> got their first win against the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, I noticed that out of the two coaches that have been fired, both those teams won their next game. So, I know. I love the little note you put in there that says "Take no jets." Fire coach equals get first win. I'm just saying, if they want to get in the win column, just get rid of Gase. I, that's a win-win to me, anyway. <laughs> I just want to point out a couple things when it comes to just Gase in general for the Jets. I know it's not on here, but I wanted to throw it out there. Please. 
Uh, Tannehill was under Gase in Miami, right? Yep. Tannehill did not really do the best. A lot of people thought he was done. Mm -hmm. Left Gase's offensive system, went to Tennessee, and look what happened to the Titans. We figured the only reason Tannehill looked good was because of Derrick Henry and the, the offensive line's ability to make the run the primary focus. However, Tannehill has shown he is more than adequate at throwing the football. He's having a big year, yeah. Now let's go to New York. Sam Darnold, they were, we were all hoping to see him take a big leap this year. Granted, shoulder injury, we get it. But this offense has failed to really get anything going, even with a veteran gunslinger under center. Yep. I really feel like the clock is a ticket on Gase. If they don't get a win in the next week or two, I think it's unacceptable that Gase is still there. I definitely, I totally agree with you. And the and I list- also think as much as okay. I like him, Greg Williams needs to go. That defense is giving up way too many points that the offense can't even get a chance to catch their breath. Well, and and you see the the infighting starting now, right? Because I think Greg Williams before this game was asked about how bad the defense has been, and he. Uh, sort of blamed it on the offense, putting them in bad His situations. Was, it's not all on the defense. You take that how you will. and th- Which is factually correct. That's an accurate statement. But when you see guys starting to sort of take shots at each other in the same organization, you, you know things are bad. As if it wasn't already blatantly obvious. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just somebody needs to get the reins on this organization and get the ship it probably is not going to be a winnable season, but they need to start like they need to start doing something at this point. This can't keep happening. Yeah, at least get get going in the right direction. Like, look at Cincinnati; they only have one win, but I think they probably feel pretty good about um, where they're at right now. They're playing better than expected. Joe Burrow looks awesome compared to the the Jets, who just have no hope for the present and no hope for the future either. Yeah, Flacco, get your crap together. I need you to work on my fantasy team. <laughs> uh so yeah those are the notable upsets uh it was a quiet-ish week for our sleepers well we already talked about the broncos beating the patriots uh, the chargers were on a bye and then our our other playoff sleeper picks actually played head-to-head on monday night football that and those teams were for monday night well, I didn't even have to wait all day because there was a four o'clock game too i know <laughs> it was time. so exciting i came home from work and i sat down and football was on was great um but yeah let's let's talk about your cowboys a little bit because uh i think you have a lot to say here about this game so anyone who watched for the most part this game speaks for itself it was the epitome of a team that imploded on itself dalton came in with his second start uh, an offense that has a really banged up offensive line an offensive line that got banged up even more yep I, if I'm not mistaken, there's not a single starter from the beginning of the year left on that line. Um, Could be. And, and, and that's what made this offensive so dangerous is the continuity and the, the way that line worked together. Yeah. And you just saw it started with that. But the real catalyst started with Ezekiel Elliott. If the passing game struggles, what's your next step? You default to a run game with arguably one of the top five running backs in the league. Now, coming into this game, Ezekiel Elliott had fumbled a few times, and he was asked about that. And his comment before the games was, 
well, I don't think I'm going to fumble again the rest of the season. I don't think it's an issue. Well, Zeke, it's an issue. It, it's, it's unacceptable. You clearly have a fumbling problem when you fumble twice in a game that both led to Cardinals touchdowns, which puts your offense immediately down 14 nothing. Yeah. You've dug a massive hole that's already hard enough, not to mention on the other side of the ball, the Cowboys' defense is just as porous as ever. Now, it did seem to tighten up a little bit having Leighton Van Der Esch back in, but definitely yeah, not was, enough. It was really just a couple of uh, – a handful of big plays for the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray, not to get ahead of wherever you're going, but uh, Kyler Murray only completed nine passes in this game out of 24 attempts. That's pretty good. Um until you look at, he got uh, almost 200 yards on those only nine completions. <laughs> well, and then the rush, the rushing yards with 250 plus rush yards. Yeah. Across the team. I mean, it's the Dallas Cowboys right now are not only having tons of injuries and issues on the offense, they still have a defense that's a big question mark. Mm-hmm. I think and the they, only reason they were even in the first couple games were because of Dak Prescott. That good segue. Um, cause I really hope that the Joneses are watching this and seeing this team is nothing without Dak. Right. Like you can't just plug any quarterback in here and have success. So I feel like the Cowboys season, unless Dalton has this massive 180 flip, I don't see the Cowboys going better than maybe eight and eight this year. Now, ironically, that may be enough to win the division, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um just really quick i want to add one more thing to what you said about jerry jones you know it would be a big statement for the cowboys organization to make that i would love to see sign Dak right now give him an extension today you know you know he's going to be back healthy you know what this team looks like without him you know what it looks like with him i would love to see them just give him his contract now there's too much pride yeah i'm afraid you might be right but that we would that know. would just be <laughs> we all know how Jerry Jones is. He gets all of his fingers in the cookie jar because he's a micromanager. And until he says so, that's never going to happen. And I have a feeling this is going to continue to drag on, despite the fact we're going to watch this team hit this massive slump while they have yet another learning curve. And with as banged up as that offensive line is now, mm-hmm. it's going to be a rough second half. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Eight and eight seems like the best possible outcome. Right now they're two and four, which is still first place in the NFC East. Unbelievable. Uh, which is just hilarious. Meanwhile, the division lead. Meanwhile, the Cardinals improved to four and two, which gets them tied for second place in, in their division, the NFC West. Uh but yeah, the final score, I don't know if we said it. If you don't know, it was thirty eight to ten. Oh, gee, thank uh, <laughs> It wasn't comp- it was it was over pretty quickly because of those early turnovers. Um all right. So Moving into a couple other big stories of the week. Buccaneers won the Battle of the Bays against the Packers. Uh, weirdly, with the same score. Did I write that correctly? I think you <laughs> also, screwed something up. Uh, also 38 to 10. Are you sure? Hold on. Hold on. Fact checking, fact checking. Yeah, 38 to 10. Okay. Same score. I really and, thought you just read a different line, and I was like, I'm going to let that slide. I know Mike would call me out on my stupidity, but I'm going to be, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> well, appreciate it. Appreciate the thought anyway. And and this game actually followed a similar theme. Um, Packers got up to a 10, nothing lead. And then Rogers threw a pick six 
And then on the next drive, he threw another interception that was returned down to the one that was, you know, instantly converted to a touchdown, another touchdown. And then, uh, yeah, this offense really got stuck in the mud for Green Bay. They gave up th- and they gave up 38 straight points after starting 10 to nothing. Well, that's uh, not so surprising not- given how bad Green Bay's defense has been. Yeah, the bye week. Apparently, they didn't watch those tackling videos like we were talking about <laughs> because they still gave up almost five yards of carry to Ronald Jones, who had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, Ronald Jones was able to get over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Where was Clyde Edwards a liar? <laughs> he had a lot of yards, just no touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, they gave it to Damian Williams. Like, why? Yeah, well, he had one touchdown, then it was called back on a penalty. <laughs> oh, good. He didn't deserve it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Packers, uh, they looked really bad on both sides of the ball. Uh, Tom Brady didn't even have to do much. This was so much, as it always is, between great quarterbacks hyped up as Brady versus Rodgers. But Brady only threw for 160 yards, two touchdowns, because they didn't they didn't need him to do any more than that. Yeah, right. Um, when you got a ground game against a porous secondary or porous middle line, right. Brady, you could just run the football and you're just like, yeah, I'll throw a pass just to break up the rhythm. And that's exactly what they did. So Packers uh, suffer their first loss of the season. They fall to four and one and down to second place in the division. And so Brady now leads the head-to-head with Rodgers, two to one. And uh, hopefully that's not the last time they play head-to-head. We'll see. Hopefully next time we have a better defense. And offense. Ten points. Come on. Even even with all that garbage time. Oh, and this was another game where the, the backups came in later because the game was just over. Uh, but ironically, I don't think it was Jordan Love for Green Bay. It was uh, somebody else. Dude, man. Oh, I guess he didn't even attempt to pass. So, never mind. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who it was. Uh, Good research. Point is, That's point is it was a this first thing in the morning. <laughs> you get what you pay for. This is a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I mentioned, the Packers are second place in the division now to the Bears, who won again on Sunday, beating the Panthers this week. And uh, like I think you mentioned before, they did it with defense. Four sacks, two interceptions, and a forced fumble uh, recovered. And they defense that's scary. Yeah, because uh, Mike Davis has been having a big season filling in for McCaffrey, and they held him under three yards per carry. Yeah, this is a team that, once again, it's winning with defense, and the offense is doing just what it needs to to get points on the board. Yep. Uh, but I would, if I if I'm being honest, I'm more terrified of that Chicago defense than I am that Chicago offense. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Foles had a really mind blowingly bad interception in this game, where he just kind of <laughs> it looked like he was trying to throw it away, but he kind of just lobbed it up into the defensive secondary. <laughs> um, was in a Bears jersey within five miles. No, that was super weird. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you're right. They did. They did enough. They won the game, <laughs> and they are five and one. Somehow, I, I still don't buy them as legit contenders, but <laughs> they keep winning. It's just uh, their stubbornness to be like, we can't. We're we're we're, we're Green Bay fans. We can't admit that. Just can't do it. Yeah, maybe that's all it is. Um, I just think at some point your colors come out. Yeah, and I think the the weakness of this offense will at some point make its presence felt. Well, they play the Rams this week, which we'll preview in a little bit. So that should be a good challenge. Next up, we had an AFC North divisional battle that we were excited about. That was not exciting to watch. The Steelers beat the Browns 38-7. to That was almost another 38-10. to I was just going to say, yeah, if only they had kicked a field goal at some point, too. 
this game was just a tragedy, honestly. If you're for if you're a Browns fan, uh, Baker Mayfield came in the game injured with that rib issue, uh, and he looked rough. <laughs> they pulled him out after. Uh, I think in the first half he'd thrown two interceptions, been sacked four times already. Uh, they, they, I'm guessing they pulled him because of, they didn't want to risk further injury, given the game was already out of reach. Because uh, head coach Kevin Stefanski did say that Baker is still the starter if he's healthy, so it wasn't like a full-on benching. It was more just like let's get you out of there, kid. This game's over, <laughs> and it was over fast. It didn't take long. It felt like by like the first quarter and a half, you were kind of like, yeah, I see where this is going. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Steelers defense played awesome. Minka Fitzpatrick had a pick six. Uh, they held the Browns under 250 yards of offense for the whole game. I think Derrick Henry alone had more rushing yards than that in his game. <laughs> and uh, speaking of running backs, James Conner had a pretty good game on the ground for Pittsburgh with 101 yards on 20 carries. And uh, the only thing that was interesting about this game was that Mason Rudolph came in late because they were up by so much, and you wondered if there would be any tension there, any drama with Miles Garrett, but uh, if there was, uh, there was not. And uh, there's not much. Uh, <laughs> you can't really talk much smack when you're down thirty-eight to seven. Well, you could, but it just not you, get you very where. Yeah, yeah. And so the Steelers improved to five and zero. And I think this was a measuring stick game for the Browns, and they did not measure up. They are not not on the same level as the uh, the elite. They are not tall enough to ride. <laughs> nope. Go on home, kids. This was rather surprising slash exciting in overtime. Yeah. Our first wasn't this our first overtime game? No, I don't think it was, so. It was our second. Yeah, because we had a tie earlier. Yeah. Also, it'd be our third. Something like that. I don't know. You want me to keep track of this stuff, man? I don't get paid <laughs> enough for this. Uh, but once again, the Titans eke out a win. Would not have expected it to be this close with uh, <laughs> Houston. Well, I mean, again, David Johnson versus Derrick Henry. Yeah. Need a couple I say of good, good running backs there. And uh, then uh, to the tune of 212 yards, including a 90. That was amazing to watch. <laughs> like, this guy is big. He's powerful. And you don't doesn't seem fast. I don't get it. (laughs) And then to watch him just take it and go 94 yards, and you're like, all right, they're gonna tackle at like the 50, okay, the 40. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the 35. Okay, he's in. Wait a second. Hold on. All right, where is everybody? Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's so big, he builds up so much momentum. (laughs) (laughs) Just rolled into the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy day for Derrick Henry. He averaged almost 10 yards a carry. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, and uh, the quarterbacks had big games too. 335 yards and three touchdowns um, for for Sean Watson. And then Tannehill, 364 yards and four touchdowns. Tannehill is my prove-it player, is no longer a prove-it player. He's done. Yeah, he's he proved it. He's He's he, showing like, yeah, the run game helps, but you know what? Let Henry take two on the ground. I'll throw four through the air. <laughs> yeah, because like, uh, like you said, that like they just threw one touchdown and let Henry take over. No, he was airing it out. Yeah. Yeah, he looks so good. Uh, and the Titans won this one 42 to 36 in overtime. Crazy. 48 total points. Whole. Or 78. 
Okay, so, I was going to say, you got to check your math there. Yeah, <laughs> Math has never been my strong suit. <laughs> and it is, um, it is earlier than usual that we record right now. I mean, Tannehill, I think his – I don't know what more any naysayers can say about him. What more can this guy do other than go to the Super Bowl, which the <laughs> Titans have a legit chance? Hard to stop, like we discussed all offseason. Hard to stop their offensive uh, formula right now. And this was without. Uh, they lost Jonu Smith early in this game, their pass-catching tight end. No Corey Davis. This was uh, the backup tight end, Anthony Ferksker or something like that. <laughs> and A.J. Brown was like the only – and Adam Humphreys. You know, not marquee-named guys that he's thrown to. And he had a huge game with those guys. I mean, give credit to Mike Verable. Ver- mm-hmm. I, I will say they need to figure out some things on defense. But uh, yeah, there's usually a reason why you're throwing for 360. Yeah, (laughs) and it's not garbage time, right? But still, huge win for them. Uh, I think they're the Titans and Steelers are the only undefeated teams left in the AFC, and they actually play each other this week, so this is gonna be fun. Uh, but one last week six game, it was the Sunday night game. Uh, the 49ers bounced back after getting rocked by Miami a week ago to beat the Rams 24-16. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came back, which uh, we were wondering about when they he was pulled he was pulled at halftime last week uh, with that ankle injury, I think it was, uh, flaring up again. But he was healthy, and, uh, you know, he ended up with a good stat line. But it was really just a lot of short passes, and then his playmakers made plays. You know, George Kittle... The tight end, seven seven uh, receptions over 100 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, who's healthy now, six for 66 and a touchdown. Uh, one issue. Looks so much better with Debo Samuel back. Yeah. Yeah, they were really struggling the first couple of weeks. Uh, the rookie, Brandon Ayuk, he didn't do a whole lot, but he did catch a touchdown in this one. It's the, and I guess the only the point being they've got weapons now and they're getting healthy, except the uh, Mozart is out again. They lost him uh, somewhere along in this game to an ankle ankle sprain that uh, is expected to sideline him a couple weeks. So that's too bad. Uh, but they're looking better on the defensive side of the ball too lately, or at least in this game. <laughs> After yeah, giving up 47 to Miami. Yeah. Like this baffled me because I was like, Ryan Fitzpatrick ran all over them. Goff should have a field day. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not so much. Uh, they held him to 50% completion uh, percentage. And uh, they looked a little bit off the chemistry between Goff and Cooper Cup, as, as you well know. Especially in the first series, <laughs> I made notes that yeah. Goff overthrew him three different times. Like, yeah. not even close. Like, it's like he was trying to lead him and Cup's fast, but like, not a 20 yards in front of you fast. <laughs> Um, and I just couldn't understand because there were a couple of those that like would have been major first down completions or it would have allowed the defense to have to play a little bit softer. Right. Um, and they just could not get on the same page. And it was really frustrating to watch. Yeah. This, uh, so it was a mixture, I guess, of, of the Niners defense looking good and Goff being a little bit, uh, a little bit off. Uh, he did throw an interception on a fourth down attempt that deep in the, I think that was near the goal line. So that one hurt. That was a scoring opportunity missed. Um, How about four for 12 on third downs? That's not going to win you games. No, nope, that's not going to get it done. <laughs> so San Francisco improves to three and three, which is still last place in the division. Uh, my other 
note here. It's just fun to play this game. Their last place in the NFC West, they would be in first place if they were in uh, a certain other NFC division, which will remain unnamed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. And uh, as for the Rams, they fall to four and two, uh, tied for second place with Arizona. And that will put a bow on week six. Thank Moving you. right along. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a, it was it was a tough a one. Week. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need some we need some pick me ups. I need my own bye week. <laughs> yeah, what calling in my substitution for anything. We're just gonna be like, nope, two M Nation, we're done. <laughs> we'll find some two other people whose names start with M. Just have them record whatever for an hour. <laughs> Release that. Call the, we would call the twins. Yeah, but uh, neither of their names start with M. So no, but it's close enough, right? <laughs> sure. Well, N is, I guess. Yeah, we could, we'll talk about it. Just work with me for for crying out loud. Anyway, rolling right along into the week seven preview. We've got four more teams on by this week. The Ravens. Oh! The Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Colts. Can we just call up Baltimore and be like, you guys don't get a bye week? Because I didn't plan for that. Or we could just ask them to uh, loan Mark Andrews to uh, a different team for the week. Hey, how about the Eagles? They just lost their tight end. All right, Thursday night. What do we got, Mike? What are we kicking off with besides two football teams? We have a very exciting matchup. I don't like <laughs> the way you said very. <laughs> Between the one and five Giants and the one and four and one Eagles. Oh, great. And you thought the Eagles were banged up before. They lost a few more players last week. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me. Is Zach Ertz injured? He sure is. Something oh, on his. Here. Something on his body definitely hurts. <laughs> Matt? Matt? I'm dead. I'm dead. Okay, call did in, you get out of your system now? Better, better call in the backup M's right now. <laughs> the backup M's. Yeah, I got it out of my system. Okay. So yeah, Zach Ertz got hurt, and also uh, Miles Sanders got hurt. And like we mentioned, they're already missing Dallas Goddard. Hey, how about they borrow Mark Andrews for the week? I said a good team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. That rules them out. <laughs> um, there is a little bit of potentially good news on the Eagles injury front. They could see Alshon Jeffrey for the first time this year. He's been practicing, and Deshaun Jackson might come back from this hamstring injury that's kept him out the last couple of weeks. So maybe it's an eye for an eye. They lost Ertz, Sanders, but they may get Alshon and... Deshaun Jackson back. They may, yeah. <laughs> but that's what they've said the last couple of weeks, and these guys have not come back yet, so we'll see. And as for the Giants, they are coming off their first win uh, over Washington last week, but even that win took a defensive touchdown to even get to 20 points. So Daniel Jones is not looking good. And uh, so, yeah, all that being said, I'm taking the Eagles here, and they're <laughs> they're my eliminator pick, which doesn't feel great. I am taking the Giants. No way. Okay. Yes. All right. I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm not. Darius Slayton, come on, buddy. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's Thursday Night Football. I hope, be... this is, I hope this winds up being much better than uh, it just looks on paper. Because you see teams of like one and five and one, four and one, and you're like, oh, great. Here we go. It's going to be like a three to zero game because all they could manage was a field goal. <laughs> I mean, it's a long standing tradition 
that Thursday Night Football gets the worst matchup of the week. <laughs> anyway, yeah, moving right along into the Sunday early games. Four and one Packers at the one and five Texans. The only thing I could come up with to say about this game is it's Randall Cobb revenge game. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I think the Packers win easily. I got Packers all the way. Yeah. yeah. This one, however. I wouldn't be surprised if this gets like flexed into prime time if they could do that. Five and O Steelers at five and O Titans. And if you recall, this was rescheduled from a couple of weeks ago. And uh these are the last two undefeated teams in the AFC. And one of only what three undefeated teams total? Yeah, I think Seattle's the only other one, you're right. Yes, sir. So should be super interesting. I think uh, the Steelers have the edge just because of their defense, but that defense is in for a real stiff test with uh, the combination of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and I'd like to note that Vic Beasley has one assist on the season. One assist. That's all. He hasn't even made a tackle by himself. He just has one <laughs> assist. And I was looking good, at the snap good, percentages. Good selection for your uh, prove it player. <laughs> That we I don't know what's gonna play. I don't know what he's. I still don't know if he's playing because he's <laughs> only on the. He hasn't been on the field for more than forty percent of defensive snaps. I, so I mean, he's apparently out there. He's been, he's appeared in three games and all that time has just one assist, one assisted tackle. Just wandering in circles in the field. I honestly don't know. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> um, I have the Titans in this one. Okay. I just think I'm, you can't stop that 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 two-headed attack that they have. Yeah. I could definitely see it going either way, but I'm taking the Steelers because I do think they have the edge on defense. It's because you have a Steelers jersey. Don't don't play this game with me. <laughs> All right. This that should be a good one. Uh Cowboys at Washington. Cowboys come in at two and four. Washington has lost five in a row since their surprising week one victory. And this should be a good bounce back game for Dallas, hopefully. I'm not, yeah. Put put glue on Ezekiel Elliott's gloves. <laughs> and they better be at that practice facility taking baseball bats to that football. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's something that'll be uh, top of mind this week as they're getting ready. If it's not, then this organization has way more problems than we anticipated. Safe to say you're taking Dallas? I have to. Yep. See, this is one that like seems like it would have been a good eliminator pick, but I just I do not trust this Cowboys team right now. Yeah, if Dak was still healthy, hands down, it'd be Cowboys all the way. This yeah, this record would probably be different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. Next up, four and two Bills at the winless Jets. I don't see I don't see the Jets pulling off this upset. What do you mean? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, handily, I have the bills in this one. I don't think much needs to be said about that one. No, I don't think so either. Except, uh, as always, maybe this is the week they fire Gase after this loss. <laughs> oh, yeah, also, this is their first... Wait, no, never mind. This will be their second game without Bell, right? Right. Okay. He wasn't doing much anyway. It's fine. <laughs> All right, next up, an NFC South divisional battle between the three and three Panthers and the three and two Saints who are coming off the bye week. 
Should see Michael Thomas come back uh, in this one for the first time since week one, assuming he doesn't get any get into any more uh, practice fights. No promises. Pan- All right, yeah, never know. On the Panther side, it looks like McCaffrey's going to be out a few more weeks. I think I heard someone say by week nine now they're expecting him to be uh, come back from that ankle injury. My question and, uh, to you would be is if week nine, if this Panthers team is, has a losing record, do you still start McCaffrey or do you just wait, give him the rest of the season to heal so he comes back? I think week nine is too soon to uh, count him out, to rule him out for that reason. This Panthers team is more competitive than expected, but uh, they are still third in the division with uh, the Saints and Bucks, who are most likely playoff bound. It'll be tough for three teams from this from the division to get into the playoffs. So I, I see your point. I could see them making that decision week, you know, 15, 16, 17. But I, I think uh, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll come back. Over at that point, of course, they're making that decision. <laughs> At that point, it's a little late. He comes back week nine, week ten, gets hurt again, and then he's done for the season, and then you have more problems. Oh, he's still got the whole offseason to heal at that point. Face I see. Offseason to heal. Yeah, it needs it too. When I'm done with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I'm taking the Saints in here in this one. Hands down. Uh, next up, the Browns at four and two visit the one four and one Bengals. Hopefully Baker Mayfield's healthy. We'll see. He could really use a rebound game himself after what the Steelers just did to him. I like your uh, bit of a toss-up comment, much like a lot of Mayfield's passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, how's Baker. Our, had... how's, our, how's our dynasty record going with our quarterbacks over there, Michael? <laughs> oh, this is so we bad. It's so funny. Track, we should have kept track of which players we fought for and saw how well that worked out. Yeah, I think uh, we mentioned it on the show last week or a couple weeks ago that that I I wanted to draft and made the executive decision, I guess, to to draft Trubisky, um, Baker, and Haskins. That's right, and Dwayne Haskins, and and now th- all three of those guys have been benched. <laughs> it looks like Baker. Was mainly mainly for health concerns, but still, the the point stands. He. I just want to noted awful. that Mark Andrews and Bosa were the two I hard lobbied for. Just yeah, doing great. There. Doing great. Yeah, <laughs> throwing it out there. They haven't been benched yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be better than a lot of people realize. Yeah, I think it'll be close. Another one where those the record doesn't really tell the whole story. No, I've been uh, largely impressed by what I've seen from the Bengals. They almost uh, they came close to upsetting the Colts this, uh, this past week, and they were leading for a lot of that game. And, and Burrow's playing pretty well. He has 300-plus passing yards in four out of the last five games. But that and, being uh, said, I have to take the Browns because that offensive line isn't the world's best, and you have Miles Garrett, who's already got almost a sack a game. Yep. Um, and I think it – it could be time to feast or at least yeah. rough up and shake burrow up enough to make him really uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm taking the Browns too. I, I do think, I don't think they're as bad as, as how they looked in the Steelers game. So I think they do actually bounce back here. Last game of the early slate is the two and three lions taking on the one and five Falcons just got their first win. And they're not getting a win this week. The Falcons. I, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. 
taking the Lions. I just have the, there's more continuity going on in Detroit, and the fact that Dan Quinn's gone in Atlanta, the season is what it is. But Patricia and Gase are still, I would argue, the two coaches potentially on the chopping block. Um, and I feel like this is a good time for Detroit's defense to really show and to show up. Yeah. And Atlanta's defense is just as bad, if not more porous than a combination of Dallas and green Bay. (laughs) So I really think if Stafford can come out and win this one in a big way through the air, Patricia saves his skin for a couple more weeks. Um, yeah, however, for sure. If Detroit loses this game, I really feel like the conversation is going to start to bubble that, you know, we could be experiencing an unprecedented amount of firings midseason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Patricia's been there a while and they've been bad. They need to, and, and you know, time is ticking. Matt, Matt Stafford isn't getting any younger. Um, so yeah, they need to they need to start competing soon. But but yeah, I do think they win this game. It should be interesting though with uh, the Falcons fully healthy on offense now with Julio, Calvin Ridley, uh, and Todd Gurley all there. It's it's not going to be an easy assignment for whoever Jeff Okuda gets put on. Uh, if he matches up on Julio, that will be tough. Yeah, or Calvin Ridley. I feel like depending if he's going to play field position or if he's going to play man to man. Uh huh. But either war, I uh, it's gonna be a tough matchup. Time to grow up, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, uh, we're both taking the Lions, though, right? Yes. And then Sunday afternoon, the undefeated Seahawks coming off the bye take on the four and two Cardinals. They won that bye week so hard. <laughs> I uh, I really want to pick the Cardinals here, but I don't have the guts. <laughs> Come on, do it, do it. <laughs> There's a lot of. Uh, I think it's interesting how how similar Kyler and, and Russell Wilson are, though. I do want to bring that up. You know, they're both shorter guys that they were talked about that were too short to play the position, couldn't do it. They're two of the best in the game at using their legs. They had offensive lines that try to get them killed every snap. Right, which means they have to use their legs a lot. I do think Russ has more, a deeper receiving core with uh, the combination of Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, Kyler, Christian Kirk had a big game for the Cardinals this past week, but uh, it's, oh, it's really just DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Don't remind me. It's all I've you got. All right. It's all I got. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I know. I think I'm going to do it. Actually, I'm going to take the Cardinals. They're at home. Gonna... <laughs> However, I am sticking with the Seahawks. I don't see them being stopped anytime soon. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the Seahawks defense making any stops either, though. They almost lost to Minnesota before the bye, remember? This is true. However, if you were to ask me, Russ versus Kyler, I'm taking Russell. I agree with you. He's he's more consistent. Kyler has disappeared for some uh, parts of games and just been uh, a little off target at times. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I do think Arizona might have the better defense, though. Or maybe maybe Ezekiel Elliott just made them look good putting the ball on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it helps when you can't hold the football. Yeah. Uh, but I think that should be a really good game there. This game's really important for you, too, Mike. It's important. If they, if they Okay, if the Chargers lose to the Jaguars, my it's, it's over. Sorry. I don't know what just happened. I clicked my mouse by accident. Okay, one in five Jaguars 
one and five Jaguars at one and four Chargers. Uh, Chargers coming off the bye week. Hopefully they got a little bit healthier. Uh, Keenan Allen had gotten banged up in that last game. Uh, Mike Williams, too, had just returned from injuries. Hopefully they get both those guys back. If your uh, Chargers think, lose this week, I feel really good about our long-term bet. If Yeah, if they lose this week, it's over. Like, they've had some tough competition lately that they played well against for most of the game and just couldn't win it at the end. If they lay, you know, if they're, if they have a dud game against Jacksonville, that would be uh, backbreaking. <laughs> They'd fall to one and five. And uh, really, they just need to keep pace with the Broncos at this point because now, uh, your Broncos are sitting at two and three, so don't want to fall too far behind there. Taking the Chargers. I do have, I think the, I do have your Chargers to win. Thank you, Matt. I, <laughs> I agree. I think they get it done. Uh, next up, this is a game that got more interesting based on this past week's results. The three and three 49ers visit the two and three Patriots. Uh, like we mentioned before, Mostert got hurt uh, last week and won't be available. Sony Michelle's been non existent all season. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and he's hurt now. Even Nikhil Harry had no catches last week for the Patriots. And Maybe, uh, like, this find better prove it players. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's really a mixed bag. Started half of yours were hurt. Half of mine got hurt. Half of yours already signed big extensions like Mixon, <laughs> Mixon and Cohen. And Cohen's hurt and out for the season. Tannehill's proved it, so there's no more worrying about him. Yeah, especially if they beat. The Steelers, that yeah, that'll be. Uh, I, I'm I know we said it already. I'm so excited about that game. That's that'll be a huge one. Mm-hmm. But uh, the interesting storyline here, I think, is that it's Jimmy Garoppolo versus the team that drafted him. Everyone thought he was going to be the QB of the future, uh, but then Brady said, "No, I'm not going anywhere." So they traded Garoppolo, and now Brady's gone. So the Patriots get a glimpse, a close-up look at what what they could have had. I feel like. Garoppolo is in a better place given the receiving core than what he has of what Newton has available to him in New England. For sure, yeah. Now that the 49ers are fully healthy, Kittle, I would argue, is just as good as Pete Gronkowski. And then uh Debo Samuel is uh, electric on the outside. I'm taking the 49ers. I have the 49ers as well. Cool, cool. And then last game in the afternoon, slate, five and one Chiefs. Visit your Broncos at who are two and three after the win last week. That's going to be interesting. Not that it's going to happen. But what if the Broncos pull out an upset? I mean, remember when the Chargers played the Chiefs really close a few weeks ago, took them to overtime, lost on a field goal. I think the Broncos could follow a similar formula with, with defense. Uh, it's not easy to slow down Patrick Mahomes. But but look at uh, the past couple of weeks, though. They, the, the Chiefs have stalled. I mean, yesterday was more of the ground game given the the conditions. Right. But Mahomes didn't look on point as he normally was. Yeah, and, you know, some of that was probably due to the rain, but uh, they only put up, yeah, like 20, 26 points, I think it was. And, and uh, I don't remember who they played. The, oh, then they lost to Oakland the week before that, even though they still put up 32 points, but they uh, they couldn't get it done in the end. They're definitely vulnerable. They're not a... They're not impossible Almost. to beat. <laughs> right. And so I think if uh, if the Broncos get, I'm not picking them, but if they get Fant back, they get Melvin Gordon back, uh, and another week of Drew Locke being healthy and confident in that shoulder, they got a shot. Taking the Chiefs, though. 
I have the Chiefs as well. Also, I forgot to mention on two teams ago, I have your Chargers as my eliminator pick. Oh, Matt, that's so nice of you. I, you really I know believe. what it's going to come down to. I'm going to be perfect up until the last two weeks. It's going to be like I'm going to have to pick the Jets and Jacksonville in two consecutive weeks. <laughs> and it's going to be against like the the Seahawks and like the Titans. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, just going to chalk this up now. That's fine. That's fine. All right, Sunday night. What do we got Sunday night? Buccaneers sitting at four and two. Travel to Vegas to take on the three and two Raiders coming off that win against Kansas City and then uh, a week off. Do you feel like that's a bit of a gamble? <laughs> it always is, but you know what happens there stays there. So unless the Buccaneers lose, and then everybody knows. <laughs> This will be a fun uh, fun game for John Gruden, I'd imagine. Right? Took the last one to take the Bucks to the Super Bowl. Yep. <laughs> that started my path to where we are now. That's true. I remember you talking about that in our very first episode. Many moons ago when the earth was young. <laughs> um, and I think you're going to be a little bit surprised here. Oh, no. You're taking the Raiders? I have the Raiders on this one. I like it. I think um, take- they've shocked us so many times that I don't think it would it would be a quote-unquote upset only because it's Tom Brady. Right. But what I do have to point out is I really think this Buccaneers defense is way better than people give it credit for. Sure, yeah. Um, so this is a great opportunity for Derek Carr to show he can beat a really, really good defense. Yeah, this would be an impressive win, uh, almost on par with beating the Chiefs. So, but I am taking the Buccaneers because of mainly because of what you said. I think they're a more complete team with uh, with the defense, the running game, and uh, Brady. Maybe not as sharp as we're used to seeing him, but he's still getting his receiving core healthy. Uh, last week was the first week he really connected with with Gronk. Uh, so I'm taking the Buccaneers. And really fun one, though. Yeah. Who we got on Monday night? We have the 5-1 and one NFC leading Bears versus the 4-2 and two not West leading Rams. <laughs> and I think this is going to come down to a good defense versus a good offense. And then the exact same side on both balls. So you've got bad offense, good defense for the Bears. You've got a good offense, bad offense, good defense for the Rams. Let me rephrase all of that. Battle <laughs> the defense. <laughs> okay. You knew what I meant. Um, it's going to really turn down to which defense breaks first. I mean, on the Bears side, you have the complete package on all three levels of defense. Yeah. On the Rams side, you have an, a defensive line led by Aaron Donald. Yeah. And um, a secondary led by Jalen Ramsey. So... Really, it's going to be who cracks first. I Yeah, I just don't see the Bears putting up a lot of points here, which I guess they haven't done in any of their games, and they've still won. But they can't run the ball still. Foles is streaky. The Rams, if you just look at their roster, they have a lot of talent on offense. I don't know what's going wrong there lately. Um, but I'm taking the Rams to get it figured out and uh, win this game. Michael. Yes. I am taking Chicago. Okay. 
I'm taking Chicago from the. I wish I could pick like the Chicago defense and just get like a half point victory. <laughs> um, with as weird as the Rams' offense has been, there's been one consistent factor for Chicago: a dominant defense. Yeah. And if the Rams' offense does not get their act together quickly in the game, the Bears' defense is going to have their way with the team. And the offense can't argue with that. <laughs> I know that can force the turnovers, and they just kick 500 field goals. That's been the uh, the recipe for success, and I guess it's working out. Uh, but you know, I don't. This is definitely a toss-up game. I don't feel confident in the Rams, but I do think McVeigh figures it out, finds a way to use. You know, get Cooper Cup more involved in the short passing game. And uh, yeah, I think the defense absolutely smothers the Bears offense. We shall see. We shall. I'm really excited about that. Good, good, good slate of primetime games this week. Minus Thursday night, of course. In theory. Yeah, in theory. And we have a few minutes left for the fantasy corner. You know, it's talk about fan duel. Despite every. Talk about the fact that I forgot. How do you forget you have Kyler Murray? But that's okay. I did somehow. We both wrote off the fact you won this, what, halfway through the game? Well, you, yeah, yep. I, well, okay. I was like, you're like, man, I got nothing this week. I was like, yeah, fan do at least. And you're like, yeah, I do. And then I get a message from you at like the crack of dawn this morning that's just like, uh, and I was like, how is this possible? I knew I had Christian Kirk, but there's no way he put up that many points. And All I right, realized- so yeah, if, if yeah, so if you remember, we had the technical glitches last week. We weren't able to make our uh, picks yet by the time we were recording. So let's just run through a few of the most consequential players. Um, for me, it was mostly just two guys: Ronald Jones had 25, and then Derrick Henry had 39 fantasy points. And I put up 130. Felt pretty good about that. And then what happened? Well, then the Cowboys decided to not play football. <laughs> and and the combination of Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk put up, let me do some math here, 28, 30, 40, 50 points in the Monday night game. <laughs> and you won by three, 133 to 130. Not our closest game ever in the books, but... No, no, true. <laughs> Um, it's up I, there. I couldn't believe it. Like yeah, I did either. not expect it because I totally forgot I had Kyler Murray. Well, you were too busy being upset at Dallas. <laughs> I was very not happy last night. <laughs> but yeah, that was a impressive win, I guess. And we're tied now in the season three to three. Thank goodness I got something right because um, <laughs> Goliath has been toppled. Aren't you the defending champion? I keep forgetting because I still have the trophy. But Yes, I am the defending champion, but I was more referring okay. to the fact that in our season long, there is no longer. Oh, oh, yeah. Yep, sadly, you suffer your first defeat. Um, Five and one. Still first place. <laughs> yeah, but it's not looking great coming up. These That's bi- true, yeah. really going to start to hurt me. Well, yeah, so you lost Dak, you lose part of CEH because of the Le'Veon Bell trade. But see, I don't think that's going to affect everyone the way they think it's going to. I mean, look at what CEH did on the ground last night. Yeah, he looked awesome. Um, so I think there's going to be – I'm don't. i not worried about it. Oh, okay. um, however, 
I lose both my tight end and my starting defense with Baltimore and Mark Andrews on a bye week. I'm yeah. still down a second quarterback who is still momentarily Joe Flacco, and they're playing the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. And I need to find a tight end on waivers this week, or I need to put out a lot of money because my only other tight end option is Dallas Goddard, who's still on IR. <laughs> um, so I have a feeling that my hot streak is coming very abruptly to an end. <laughs> I will see. There are some tight ends on the waiver wire, which I actually put in the notes here. But really quick on my team, I fall to three and three. I My team was projected 135. I, they scored 80 points on the week combined you know derrick henry had 40 all by himself remember not that he's on my team i wish he was but my whole team put up 80 points i got a zero from mccall hardman on the chiefs thanks a lot juju 1.6 it was ugly uh, but anyway there are some guys available on the waiver wire we had uh with johnny smith out we'll see if he misses this week that other guy first first <laughs> had eight for 113 and a touchdown trey burton has had a productive couple of weeks and yeah, we're just about out of time. Uh, so that that's our show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, glad we're recording early so we still get a couple days off before it's time to <laughs> watch football again. It's getting to that part of the year where it's a little exhausting. We're only seven weeks in. But you know what cures that is winning. So let's hope we get some wins this week. Uh, and let's I'm, hope. I'm coming to kick your ass, that's for sure. Hoping the same for you, the listener. Getting a win that is not having Matt come and kick your ass. <laughs> well, you know, someone might like that. So, <laughs> for a small fee, it's possible. Check our Patreon for details. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 2M Nation. Have fun, and I'll catch y'all on the gridiron. See you, Matt. See you guys. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.